Welcome to Around the Table. Prayer is a regular part of our corporate church experience. But how is group prayer different from personal prayer? Why is it important? And what should the condition of our hearts be as we prepare to pray? Learn how corporate prayer can help bind us together. In our common experience as believers, and maybe especially as apostolic Christians, it's very common for us to hear the phrase, let us pray. We're going to be talking about corporate prayer today. My name is Brad Eisenman. I'm from Chicago. And I'm Dan Moser from Elgin. Brother Dan, it's good to connect with you on this. We've known each other a long time and got to work together for a number of years there in Elgin. Maybe you could start by uh, just giving us a working definition of corporate prayer. Sure. Thanks, Brother Brad. And just as a comment, I so appreciate our working together over the past years and really value the the friendship we've developed. Hmm. So as far as corporate prayer goes, I think in my mind, kind of a simple definition is just praying to God out loud on behalf of others, uh, typically in their presence. Corporate prayer, I think, applies to a broad range of gathering sizes. We most commonly think of a large group in church and you have an out loud prayer there, but it could be just meeting with a few people and someone praying out loud on behalf of each of them. Uh, maybe you have some other thoughts to add on that. I think that's that's right. I mean, that covers it, praying out loud on behalf of others and we're together, uh, corporate. You know, unfortunately, that word is um, kind of tainted because we think of business or big business or something formal or, or maybe it's not even a positive thought. But the, the word itself just means body. It's the it's a group of people together. And so praying together, um, praying is such a marvelous thing, such a gift God's given us. And so the privilege of praying together and one person leading in that prayer out loud on behalf of others is a marvelous joining of hearts. I remember my dad often starting his prayers as a minister. Uh, let's join our hearts in prayer. I think I mm-hmm. do that sometimes myself. But yeah, so ministers leading in prayer, certainly in a service. We have a wonderful tradition of, of brothers leading from the congregation at the close of a service, after singings, the noon lunch prayer at church. Maybe we gather in people's homes for fellowship events or dinners. Someone leads in prayer. There's prayer meetings that people have, brothers and sisters, maybe groups of sisters, groups of brothers. Maybe everyone takes a turn or whoever's comfortable leading in prayer. That's It's corporate because as a, as a group gathered, we're, someone is, is called on to lead. Um, I even had the thought that that silent prayer that we have before when the ministers go on the pulpit, it's not out loud. But it is together, and I think we're conscious of the presence of others as we kind of step into God's presence together. So just a lot of different ways that happens, and it's a marvelous thing. Yeah, those are really good examples. It It is a pretty broad uh, topic of when we use corporate prayer. I suppose it would be natural to ask, well, why do we pray corporately? And as with a lot of things, we could probably have a simple answer. Well, the Bible gives us a lot of good examples of that, so that's a good reason to do it. Um, a couple examples that come to mind from the Bible. In the Old Testament, Solomon had a beautiful prayer at the dedication of the temple. We read that in 1 Kings chapter 8. 
I thought that was just a good example of what a prayer can contain. Praises God, speaks of dedicating the temple to be a place where God will dwell. He asks God to hear the prayers of his people when they have sinned and are broken and asks God to forgive them if they need rain or have famine or pestilence, basically imploring God to hear and respond to their needs as God sees fit. A New Testament example that always comes to mind when we think about praying is uh, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Um, In Matthew 6, it's just five short verses. It's probably another example just in the fact that it's short. But again, he starts off praising God, asking for his kingdom to come and God's will to be done, asking for daily bread, for forgiveness, asking God to help keep us from evil, and then finishing up again, acknowledging God's power. I think both of these are somewhat similar examples of good elements that should be in a corporate prayer. One other example, I guess, would be just Jesus praying for his disciples that God would keep them from evil, sanctify them, uh, just a lot of good things that we can pray when we pray out loud for each other. And it that verse uh, also, that portion reminds us that Jesus was praying for us too, because it says all those who would believe on Jesus through the disciples' word. So I always found that kind of an encouraging example. Maybe you have some other thoughts on why we pray corporately? Yeah, we quickly go to those examples, don't we? And you said it. I mean, we we pray because we see um, the examples in the Bible of that happening. You gave some great ones there. Pray because the Lord said we should. And, And, you know, they came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. And it's interesting in that language, you know, we think about praying together, like we're talking here, or praying individually. Both are beautiful things. But the Lord's Prayer is a prayer where he uses the pronouns of, of, of our and us and we. It almost sounds like a corporate prayer. Of course, it can be thought of as a prayer we would have individually, but our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, those kinds of things. So, yeah, and then I think of the time when um, the disciples were, uh, Jesus had ascended and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit in Acts 1 there and, and it says they were together and and they prayed. And a little bit later, Peter was in prison and they had a very specific thing they came together for and, and they were praying for his, uh, for his release and they were gathered together in prayer and so I think about the why. It's because the Bible says so, but we get we gain so much by bringing our our cares, our concerns, our praises to God together, and it's just a comfort so many times to hear someone else pray, and uh, we're blessed by that. So, you know, we uh, touched on this a little bit already, contrasting um, individual and 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 personal prayer with with what we're calling corporate prayer. They're both really important, and they're both meant to be intimate. In their own way, certainly an individual prayer is the most personal, and it it may just be conversational. Paul says, pray without ceasing. So maybe through the day, we're just whispering a prayer to God, or maybe it's those more formal times when we pray individually. So it's a little less formal, certainly, and maybe more of a conversation to pray individually. Corporate prayers are a little bit more at a particular time, maybe for a specific need, uh, that kind of thing. It's a little more formal, but not ever really to the extent that we should forget that we're talking to God. It's just that 
when we pray together, we're talking to God. And if we're leading, we're doing it uh, on behalf of someone else. Um, do you have any other thoughts, Brother Dan, on the sort of the comparison or contrasting of, of individual versus corporate prayer? I, I appreciate the points that it just shouldn't be real formal. I think it's just pouring out our heart to God, and whether it's just individually or it's on behalf of a, a group of people, when we just pour out our heart and and God hears that. It's also an aspect of prayer that just kind of strikes me that we kind of see through a glass darkly, so to speak, in, in one part of it, and that is in how prayer moves God's heart. We don't really know why or how, but we do know that God wants to hear us pray to him. James 5.16 reminds us that we are to pray for each other and that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So prayer does move God's heart and things do happen. We don't understand exactly how that works, but we can be satisfied that he wants us to pray, that he hears our prayers. He certainly has the power to answer them, maybe just how we're asking, but he may not answer it that way. He will answer it according to his will, and we can just rest in that, knowing that he'll answer it in the best way. A couple of other things that just have to do with the maybe the condition of our heart when we come to God in prayer, just coming it with a humble heart, I think, is so important. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, it speaks of, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. Uh, just that humbleness, I think, is something that helps to move God's heart. Praying in faith is important, too. We have to believe that when we pray, God hears us and that he will respond according to his will. Uh, we can read that. It says, Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So I think it's important that we pray in faith. And maybe just one other thing. If we find ourselves struggling a little bit uh, with praying, uh, one point to consider is, have we become a little bit too self-sufficient in our own mind and maybe we're not recognizing our great need for God's help. And that can be a hindrance to prayer. So if we find ourselves in that situation, then we can individually pray that God will just help us recognize our great need of him. And that can really, he'll, he'll do that and he'll help us in our prayers then. You have some other thoughts, Brother Brad? Well, I just think about what you said right there. Um, makes me smile a little bit. And, and certainly we have respect for individual circumstances and maybe just the circumstances in any given day. Someone doesn't feel, a brother doesn't feel he's in a place where he should be leading in prayer. But generally, we really want to encourage brothers, uh, speaking of church here now, to to pray, not to hesitate too much. I think most of us, maybe as elders or ministers, when we call upon a brother to, to pray or ask, just say, you know, a brother should conclude in prayer. I know for me that inner clock just starts ticking and every second that goes by, there's there's kind of an anxiousness that comes up. And, and um, not that this is about me, but, you know, I think the Lord wants us to pray. 
and it's a privilege to pray on behalf of others. And if we keep in mind the things that that you just said, that this is it's not about us, it's not about even how certainly it's not about how eloquent we are or or the way we phrase things. Um, it's about pouring out our heart to God on behalf of others. And so I certainly just want to make a plug for for all of our brothers in churches to to not hesitate. We appreciate it when when you lead in prayer, and it's so fitting often, um, so encouraging to hear those. Some other things maybe just at a practical level to keep in mind when when we're called upon to do this. We already talked about the fact that it's 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 corporate, it's the body. Jesus' prayer is our Father. So the pronouns we use should should really mostly be we. It's not about it's not my prayer or, or I that much, but we are praying together. And so kind of remember that. I think that's actually something that can help with maybe the nervousness. Respect the setting we're in. You know, we're we're paying, praying on behalf of of all those present, which means there's a there's a variety of ages and backgrounds, etc. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians there in First Corinthians uh, thirteen, he said that um, love doesn't behave itself unseemly, and for something to be unseemly, it's really just outside of the expected behavior of the group that we're in, and so love calls us to to respect those that that we are praying for, certainly when we're leading in prayer, certainly we want to keep this in mind. And this is, this is maybe to my fellow uh, co-laborers in the ministry, as much as anything, the prayer is not a sermon and God knows all the scriptures. We don't necessarily need to quote him a lot of scripture. We're certainly not praying to an audience. It's an audience of one and that's God. And we're just doing it on behalf of the others who are present and the others who are present are are participants in it. We should never be passive when someone else is leading in prayer. But kind of back to this idea of the context and the setting, we mentioned at the outset of this, just a wide variety of different places we may lead in prayer. Certainly in church is is maybe one of the main ones. We talk about prayer language and how we address God. And I think it's just good to um, be respectful in this regard, words do mean things. Words gain meaning over time. They change over time. Uh, we understand that. But be careful uh, to recognize where you are. We have differences in, in even among our congregations and practices in these areas. And we don't want to be prescript, prescriptive in this regard, but we do want to be respectful. It's really part of maybe some small things we can do to be part to be bound together as believers, referring to our purpose statement there. I guess one of the thought here, um, I said a prayer shouldn't be a sermon. It certainly also shouldn't be something we would use to drive a point or our own agenda, whether it's in something we say or even the language we use. Uh, that would be inappropriate, just too much focused on self. It really is an opportunity to on behalf of, the, of others, bring requests and praise uh, before God. And Brother Dan, you touched on the matter of length there uh, at the outset, kind of said the Lord's Prayer was short. You know, same thing here, if it goes on and on. I remember a brother, when I was first put in the ministry, he was an elder at the time, he's retired now. He said, you know, not every prayer has to cover the waterfront. And uh so shorter, you know, is typically better than than longer, and especially maybe like the noon lunch prayer. We've just had some prayers in the assembly. That prayer is to thank God for the food, and uh, 
it can be pretty simple. So I hope no one hears mm-hmm. any of this as criticism, just some things to keep in mind out of respect for each other as, as we do these kinds of things. Do you have any other thoughts on, on that, Brother Dan? Oh, I sure appreciate that. It just seems like some some really good practical things for us to keep in mind as as we pray, even you know, the thought of prayer language and being respectful of, of where we're at and the congregation we're in. I just think we've been stressing that a lot appropriately, that we can be respectful of each other uh, if there are some differences. And it's just so biblical to continue to show love in that way. Mm. Maybe just to, to kind of tie it to our church vision, you mentioned that a little bit. You know, our vision statement, a body of believers bound together by our love for Jesus Christ and his word, reflecting God's love, grace, and truth. And I think if we uh, have a corporate prayer and with God's grace, we can uh, do it well, so to speak. It can be appropriate. I believe that's a, a real strength and it is a real opportunity to help bind us together as part of our our vision statement speaks to so I, th- I just think that it's really good that we're, we're respectful, we're considerate, we have a humble attitude, and we just approach corporate prayer as a real opportunity to just be bound together as a brotherhood. Oh, boy. I sure appreciate you saying that, Brother Dan. It's, those, those statements have been so powerful already, and I think most of us, hopefully, have just thought of them often. What does it mean to be bound together? It's a big statement, but it plays out in some small ways. And some of what we talked about here might be some of those small ways. And it it goes so hand in hand, doesn't it, with with the uh, other thought to uh, to glorify God by loving as Jesus loves. Such a privilege to pray, such a privilege to pray together. Thanks for listening. And if you have comments on Around the Table or ideas for future episodes, let us know. In AC Central, go to the Settings menu, select User Feedback, and when the web page opens, click the Feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church of America.